Be seated. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This past Wednesday, we entered the season of Lent. This portion of the yearly cycle covers the 40 days leading up to Easter. It is a time of preparation. It is a time when we Christians practice repentance and self-examination. We remember the 40 days which Christ spent in the wilderness prior to the beginning of his ministry, when he underwent great difficulties and temptations. Many people give something up for the period of Lent, like chocolate or alcohol. Personally, I've never given anything up for Lent, but I have found it a time for additional, for additional prayer and contemplation. We begin Lent with Ash Wednesday, where we recall our mortality through the imposition of ashes and the words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. And we end Lent with Easter where we celebrate Christ's resurrection and the hope through it for our own resurrection and new creation. Over these 40 days, we also see the movement from death to life in the cycles of nature, as trees and flowers prepare to sprout again with new life after the darkest days of winter. During Lent, we, and the rest of creation, prepare to flower with new life. The theme of preparation appears in our scripture readings from the lectionary for today. In the gospel passage from Mark, Jesus prepares for his ministry by undergoing baptism before going into the wilderness for 40 days. And since we are at the beginning of our 40 days of Lent, it seems appropriate that we consider baptism both Christ's and our own, and its connection to preparation. This week's reading from the, from the Hebrew Bible is taken from the book of Genesis, from the end of the flood narrative. Due to the proliferation of human violence, God has sent a great flood to cleanse the earth of evil. As an Assyriologist, I'm obligated to point out that the impetus for the flood, violence and moral evil, is quite, a, is quite different from most other known flood stories. The Babylonian flood story known as the Epic of Atrahasis presents the flood as the God's solution to a different problem, the problem of human noise. After the gods created humans, the population increased and the gods couldn't sleep with all the commotion that humans made. So they flooded the world to get rid of most of them. I can sympathize with the Babylonian gods, actually. Some nights, when some guy with a loud car revs the engine and roars down the street, I'd like to dump some water on him, too. 
But the biblical flood narrative presents us with a, with a world that must be washed clean because it has become polluted with violence and evil, not just noise. While evil is purged from the land, Noah and his family are preserved, making their own journey from death to life through the water. Our lectionary passage begins near the end of the flood when God makes a covenant with Noah. Not only does God promise that this type of destruction will not happen again, God commissions Noah and his family to populate the earth and to spread life and flourishing throughout creation. After having been brought safely through the, through the water, God blesses Noah and prepares him to spread out into the world. Astute readers will note, however, that the newly commissioned humans promptly bungle this task. As Noah's son Ham gets up to some shenanigans in the next chapter and it leads to him receiving a curse from his father. So it's imperfect. The connection between the flood and baptism is made, uh, is made more explicit in the passage from 1 Peter 3 from our New Testament reading today. In this text, Peter interprets Noah's salvation from the flood as a prefigure of baptism. That is, for Peter, the global flood foreshadows individual baptism. It becomes a symbol for something which happens later. As the earth is wiped clean in the flood, so the spiritual renewal symbolized by baptism wipes us clean from evil. Peter continues, opening chapter four with a call to live, quote, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God, unquote. So again, we see that baptism prepares us for a calling. And returning to our gospel reading, we see Christ baptized we see Christ baptized in preparation for his ministry, a ministry that will ultimately culminate with his death and resurrection. But he also embarks on his 40-day fast in the wilderness as part of this preparation. And it is there that he defeats evil by resisting Satan's temptation. In each of these passages, we see a common pattern. Passage through water, symbolizes spiritual renewal and the washing away of evil, followed by a new calling to live as citizens of God's kingdom in the world. Now, passing through water does not mean we should all go jump in a lake. The recent snow indicates that it's still a little too cold for that. But through baptism and the spiritual regeneration that it signifies, we embody this new reality. But if baptism and Lent serve, a, serve to prepare us, what exactly do they prepare us for? Well, all we need to do is look around us. It's quite a year. We have a presidential election coming up. Will we be those who resist political polarization and who insist on loving those we disagree with? Will we see everyone we encounter 
as created in the image of God. Well, we find ourselves, oh, we find ourselves living in an increasingly stratis- stratified society. Will we be the kind of people who give up our rights and privileges for the sake of others? Will we be those who give because we know that we serve the one who has everything and supplies all our needs? As creation groans around us, will we be those who care for what God has created? In our divided, war-torn world, will we be those who come together from every tribe, tongue, and nation in communion and peace? Well, okay, so how do we prepare for this seemingly monumental task? Lent has always been a time for Christians to practice spiritual disciplines such as fasting, repentance, and introspection. However, there are many other intentional choices we can make to live into this preparation. Whether or not we give up anything for Lent, there are things we can do. Some disciplines that I've been trying to put into practice, for example, are things like showing generosity, knowing that God will provide, choosing hope instead of despair, knowing that Christ has ultimately triumphed over sin and death. Alongside that, however, being intentional to lament the evil still present in the world and weeping with those who are weeping. Listening to those I disagree with and genuinely trying to understand, not simply waiting for my turn to speak. Seeking to leave a place, a school, a workplace, an academic department, a church, better than when, better than when I got there. Better than when it registers. Better than it was when I got there. Practicing the discipline of, as Dallas Willard put it, not needing to have the last word. Replacing fear with trust, knowing that perfect love casts out fear. These are just a few of the things that I've been working on personally. This Lent, as we count down until Easter, let us focus on preparing ourselves. Christ's self-sacrifice on the cross and his victory over death through his resurrection fills us with the power to give of ourselves and to have hope in his ultimate victory over the evils we see around us. As we look forward to our celebration of his resurrection and the new creation, let us prepare ourselves to receive the light of love and to reflect that light wherever we go. Thank you.